0: Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Tuesday, the 19th of April. Support for the two major parties is at its lowest level in five years as the federal election campaign enters week two. According to the latest news poll, both major political parties are struggling to win enough primary support to form a majority government. The combined support for both the Coalition and Labor is at its lowest level in five years, with 29% of voters saying they'll get behind an dependent or minor party. Scott Morrison remains preferred Prime Minister, lifting a point to 43%, while Anthony Albanese recorded his worst result since becoming Opposition Leader, falling five points to 37. It follows a horror start for the election campaign for Labor, with Mr Albanese unable to answer questions about the cash and unemployment rates on day one of the campaign. Labor's Tanya Plibersek is defending the Opposition Leader, saying all politicians make mistakes. So I've Made mistakes in press conferences too mm. uh, all of us do it on occasion the difference is whether you stand up and take responsibility and correct the record as quickly as possible and then get on with what actually matters to Australians it follows a gaffe from prime minister scott morrison yesterday after he incorrectly listed the job seeker rate as $46 a week rather than $46 a day
2: whether that be uh,
1: in income support through the job seeker which as you know we we increased from 40 bucks uh, a week to 46 bucks a week um, since the last election.
0: Both leaders will continue campaigning today with the Prime Minister promising a boost to mining jobs with no mining or carbon tax under his government, while Labor is pledging to better support Medicare. Overseas now in Russia has launched another offensive in Ukraine, this time on the city of Lviv. The border city has become a safe haven for many fleeing the ongoing conflict on their way to other European countries. The mayor of Lviv says an airstrike has taken out an airport, killing at least seven people. What we see in Ukraine today is
1: a genocide that the aggressor is carrying out on purpose, killing civilians. Seven
0: civilians had plans for life Today, their lives have ended. That translation thanks to Channel 7. Meantime, Ukrainians in the port city of Mariupol are continuing to fight against Russian forces with the last remaining troops vowing to fight to the end. Soldiers at the weekend refused to surrender with the situation described as dire and heartbreaking. While Daniel Wordsworth from World Vision says Australia cannot forget about Ukrainians.
2: The job of repairing the damaged souls, the sort of the life of these Ukrainians is going to last even longer. And so I suppose my request for Australians and the Australian government is you've done a great job so far, but we're going to have to sort of keep going over the next two years.
0: Back home now and some welcome news for many flood-affected residents across southeast Queensland and northern New South Wales. Gary Page from the Red Cross says at least $1.7 million has already been distributed to around 30,000 people.
2: Oh, really important. People donate in good faith. They want to make sure those funds go rightfully to the people that deserve them, to the people impacted by this flood event. And that's what happens. And 100% of the telephone appeal funds are being given to the people in most need.
0: Around 50,000 applications for support are still being processed since the first devastating floods hit at the end of February. Now, let's check what's happening in your state with our reporters on the ground to Queensland. And a community is in mourning after a six-year-old boy was killed in a house fire in Brisbane's north. His family, including his dad, who uses a wheelchair, managed to escape, but firefighters were unable to make it back inside the home to save the young child. Our reporter, David Shiraz, has more from Brisbane.
1: Good morning, Tash. Authorities are unclear at this stage how the fire started, with distressed residents sounding the alarm after seeing the home engulfed and hearing deafening screams. Mother Karen, her husband, and youngest son were able to leave the blaze of the Clayfield home, but a wall of fire prevented them from going back inside to reach their youngest, Max. Five firefighting crews arrived quickly, but they were also unable to get inside due to the intensity of the flames and the fact the roof had partially collapsed. The fire is being investigated and a GoFundMe has so far raised more than $23,000 for the family.
0: To Victoria now, and police say they are disappointed with the behaviour of many drivers behind the wheel over the long weekend. Authorities were targeting speeding as well as people driving under the influence. As James Lake reports from Melbourne, there's one case, though, which has shocked authorities.
1: Yes, a woman's had her car impounded, Tasha, after being detected at the eye-watering speed of 251 kilometres an hour, just north of Melbourne on Sunday. The alleged offence took place in a 110-kilometre an hour zone on the Calder Freeway at Woodend. The 42-year-old driver is now expected to be charged with numerous offences, including conduct endangering life, driving at a dangerous speed, and using a mobile phone while driving.
0: Now for the latest in business and finance news, we're joined this morning by Effie Zahos, editor at large at Canstar. Effie, good morning. Now you've highlighted a few problems with increasing the caps for first home buyer schemes.
2: Yeah, and it really does come down to the affordability issue. of What is this, what is the scheme actually doing? So, as you said, uh, Prime Minister Scott Morrison has announced price caps for homes available under the guarantee will increase. And just to remember, these allow you to buy a home with just a 5% deposit because the government guarantees the other 15%. Now, the caps will increase, in some cases, by up to 150000 And basically, the government is doing this to, to match the, the, the recent price increase in the market. So, for example... Um, Melbourne has increased to $800,000 and regional Victoria. The rest of the state is $750,000. In Sydney, the caps have increased to $900,000 and regional New South Wales and the rest of the state is $750,000. Now, the problem here, of course, is that you can increase the property caps all you like, but the borrowers have to be able to afford these repayments and income restrictions do apply. To be eligible for any of these schemes, you have to have a taxable income of up to one hundred twenty. dollars 5000 per annum for a single person or 200000 as a couple. Now, if you do increase these thresholds, you actually defeat the purpose of having schemes that help low-income earners into the property market. So, the bigger issue here is that, unfortunately, these schemes do not solve home loan affordability. In fact, it could do the very opposite. By increasing demand for more affordable properties, we could see increases in uh, uh, prices in this segment.
0: And talking about the rising cost of many bills, your advice right now, your top tips are to lock in our electricity bills at the moment.
2: Well, probably to look into it, because a lot of people don't realise that you can actually lock in your energy bills, kind of like you lock in your, your, your home loan for a number of years. Um, and given winter's around the corner, and we already know wholesale prices are up, it may be a good idea to take a closer look at this option. And according to Canstar Blue, there are a handful of energy providers that do offer this option. Energy Australia's one, Origin's another, Tango Energy, and plans are usually only for 12 to 24 months. However, it means that you will see no price hikes during this period. So, it can give you some degree of comfort. It means that the cents per kilowatt rate you pay will remain unchanged for that period. Um, But obviously, there are pros and cons. The con to this is that if you feel that you get a better deal while you're locked in, you may have to pay an exit fee to leave. So, read the fine print.
0: Always read the fine print, Effie. Thank you so much. Happy Tuesday. Thank you. (laughs)
2: Thank you.
0: Time for Sport Now with Brett Thomas. And Brett, we had Easter Monday classics in both the AFL and NRL over the weekend. Let's start with the Rugby League. The Tigers broke their five-match losing streak with a pressure-lifting win over the Eels.
1: Yes, and isn't uh, Michael Maguire a happy man this morning? Good morning to you, Tash. Uh, five losses they'd started the season with. Huge amount of pressure on his shoulders. He switched up his halves pairing. Jackson Hastings going to halfback. Luke Brooks to 5'8". And it certainly paid off in a big way. They both look comfortable. Brooks with just a little bit more time to make some you know decisions when he had the ball. And Jackson Hastings is a big game player and, uh, and certainly proved why they were so keen to lure him away from England with the match winning field goal. Let's hear from uh, Michael Maguire post-match on Triple M. I keep saying to the boys, if they keep doing the things they've been working at around training, those games fall your way, and today was unreal. It's, I think we had two opportunities there as field goals, and they, they went sideways, and then we end up getting out of the back end, so really pleased for the players. Final score, 21-20, to 20, and the Tigers are now off the bottom as well, though, with Canterbury uh, finishing the round uh, in the cellar.
0: And Brett, in the AFL, the Young Hawks upstage the Cats at the G.
1: They certainly did. They're back in the top eight as well. Uh, Hawthorne, another Easter Monday classic in the AFL. They share a rivalry going back a long time, back to the 89 grand final. Uh, Dylan Moore booted a career-high four goals, a career-high 31 disposals for John Newcomb uh, as well. And veteran Luke Bruce told Triple M it was a big turnaround after that smashing from the Saints back in round four.
0: Yeah, mouth guards
1: during the week and honest truths in meetings and looking at each other in the eye and, and what we expect moving forward. Uh, I thought our mids got the job done inside, um, our contest for the ball and obviously our defenders holding up as well was, was huge. They did lose another Ruckman though, uh, Ned. Reeves going down with a dislocated shoulder in the first quarter.
0: And Brett, it looks like at least one spot in the NBL finals has been locked in.
1: And it's uh, Melbourne United to all but locking in top spot thanks to a 12-point win over Cairns last night. Chris Golding, I'd say he turned back the clock, but he's been uh, sensational this season, led the way with 27 points.
0: Thanks so much, Brett. Thanks, Tash. The Duke and Duchess of Sussex have joined the opening ceremony of the Invictus Games in the Netherlands over the weekend. Prince Harry giving this exclusive interview to a very lucky Dutch student outside the event.
2: What is your wish for Archie and Lillibet? To grow up in a better world. To grow up in a fairer world, a safer world, a more equal world.
0: Meantime, there are renewed concerns for the Queen's health after Her Majesty missed another major event over the weekend. This time it was the Easter Church service at St George's Chapel with Prince William and Kate attending on behalf of the Queen. And that's all you need to know to start your day with Australia Today's Morning Agenda in your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning. You can also catch the latest episode in a whole new world of audio by downloading the Listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day and we'll see you tomorrow.
2: Listener.